Welcome into another episode of Crunch Time. I'm your host, Joe Hamilton, alongside Theo. Theo, you're uh, looking pretty nice out there. I had to uh, enjoy some of this fine weather, Joe. It's not often we get to do this uh, with a sun sky and a little bit of wind, no clouds. But hey, we're going to enjoy it today like this. So hopefully it's not too windy and you can hear me all right. No, nah, you're good. You're good. So, uh... Feel a lot of big things happen in the NFL. We'll get to your rant here in a second, but I kind of wanted to start with Aaron Rodgers. God, I hate to be a Jets fan. I'd hate to be a Jets fan. You can't. New York. They can can never have nice things. Never. It's just, you know, you polish it up. You go through hard knocks. Everything is aces. uh, And literally five, four plays in, and you lose your four-time MVP to an Achilles injury. Uh, words can't explain the, the disappointment in Jets land. But I will say, uh, the rest of that team truly showed some colors in week one against Buffalo and did some amazing work with Allen and Diggs and the rest of that Bills offense. I mean, let's be totally honest. Allen was, I think he was 26 of 32 that game. But the problem was he was 3 and 7 out over 15 yards, and three of those four passes he incompleted were interceptions to one guy. So kudos to the New York Jets defense. Those DBs are going to rain havoc on everybody in the NFL. And kudos to the staff for raising up the bar and beating a Bills team on opening week. Let's be honest. You know, we expected great things from number eight. But we got, I think, even better things and probably an emotional win for the New York football Jets in week one. So let's take that. Coach Salah, run with it and see if you can continue in week two. So I was watching the game with my dad. My dad, we listened to Robert Sala sound sound from Robert Sala right after that injury happened. And I liked his response, man. Like, hey, he's down, but we're not out. We can still win this game. Guys got to guys got to step it up, and they did. You know, and you said it right on the head. It's it's how it's not a fifty. It's not a one man roster. It's 53 players on that roster. And, you know, you had Zach Wilson show up to play having his number called early in that first quarter. Nobody expected Zach Wilson to play at all. And the funny thing is, you know who their number three quarterback is on the roster that night, Joe? Who? Randall Cobb. The wideout. So, I mean, what they did... I'm not going to say it was miraculous. I'm not going to say it's finger-pointing Joe Namath number one. But you know what? It shows that this team, we've talked about how, uh, you know, Jordan Love has an amazing team around him. And we've talked about how Deshaun Watson has to prove a lot in his team because he has an amazing team around him. Well, the New York Jets have an amazing team before Monday night around a Super Bowl four-time MVP quarterback. Now they have a guy that's been working with that gentleman for the last couple of months in Zach Wilson, and he's going to hopefully continue on and 
make this football Jets program one to deal with throughout the year. So I'm looking forward to seeing the second coming of Zach Wilson because we all know Aaron Rodgers is not going to disappear from this team. Okay, if he says who he says he is and he's going to do what he's going to do, you know he's going to be advising Zach Wilson and helping this offense through times that are tough. So let's see if, let's see if Aaron Rodgers can do that with Zach Wilson and the Jets for the remainder of this year while he rehabs an Achilles injury. Yeah, let's see what Aaron Rodgers does. I, I hope he's a good teammate at this stage of his career. We know how much of a prima donna he has been in the offseason in terms of uh, the darkness retreats and everything else. Let's just hope he can get half of his name back at mo- at, at least because this was a guy I looked up to. And then in the offseason, that quickly went away when I realized what kind of an – I'm sorry, no – Sorry about my French here. What kind of a bitch he was in the offseason. So I kind of want to see him do with this Jets team what he did with the Packers team. It, like, without even playing. That That's the way I hope he is. But it, it's a remainder to be seen if he's even that guy. Now, all right, Theo, let's, let's just get this over with. Go into your Brandon Staley, your aunt. How this guy even has a job after the playoff exit in Jacksonville last year is beyond me, but go ahead. I mean, ever since that second half against Jacksonville last year in the playoffs, I'm not the only person that's a Chargers fan that said to any other Chargers fan that was willing to listen that Brandon Staley should not have a job after what happened. How long ago was this schedule released with week one being Miami on your lineup? Eight weeks, ten weeks ago? It's not like it was a week ago. You've had a considerable amount of time. You knew that Tua was coming back. You knew there was a guy named Tyreek Hill. You knew there was a guy named Jalen Waddle. You knew there was a tight end. You knew there was a running back system. But there is no way a head coach who was hired as a defensive freaking coordinator can withstand or should be able to answer any questions that remotely explain how you give up 466 yards in passing, how you give a touchdown up in the last two minutes, and how you let one Tyreek Hill have 215 yards in that game. If there was any time to be prepared for a weapon or a duo like Tua and Tyreek, it's week one because you have that much time to prepare for it. The defense was soft. The defense was inactive in the front four. You were unable to stop any type of passing offense whatsoever through the entire game. You cannot fault the offense outside of the two-minute drill that was disgusting losing 21 yards and getting sacked on your fourth down play blows my mind. This is beyond drawing board material now. And I said to you off air last week, is it too early to have a coach on a hot seat? No. And it's not because I'm a Chargers fan. It's not because I thought he's a terrible person. It's because he's not doing his job. He has one job. He, le- he got torn up in one half 
to lose to Jacksonville last playoffs, and he got torn another one in week one against Miami. At home, at SoFi, in front of your fans. And I called it last week, Joe, and I said, you know what? I'm going to be the bad fan, and I'm going to take Miami to beat L.A. Because I know something's going to go wrong. I know, for whatever reason, Staley's going to coach to win by a field goal, which he did. The problem was Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown in the last two minutes. They march down the field, and the Chargers offense had no answer. It's disgusting that a, that a coach has his job like this, and I'm surprised the media did not ask him the simple question of saying, hey, Mr. Staley, do you feel fortunate to have a head coaching position still? That's I, the first I, thing I would say. Well, I mean, Theo, the media doesn't ask those questions, and I don't know why. I mean, they're they're harsh, they're harsh and more harsh in the newspapers than they are in press conferences. I don't quite understand that. Yeah. You know, you got to ask the hard questions. That's what I've been saying about Oliver Marmol all season with the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah. This media, this media community here in St. Louis does not want to ask the hard question. It seems like that everywhere, though. No one wants to be critical anymore. Maybe maybe you can help me understand that, Theo, because, I, look, I'm not saying be critical just to be critical, but I'm saying if you see a play during a game or you see a situation where a pitcher's taken out when they shouldn't have been or you call this play instead of that play, that that's not questioned, I don't quite understand that. It's a sensitivity matter, Joe, and it's you. you need to be – we are in a – and it's not just sports. It's not just media. It's not just that environment, that culture. It's every culture that needs to be a little more sensitive to action and reaction. And sure, we can still be sensitive, but there's nothing wrong with calling out somebody and holding them accountable to their position. You are hired to do a job and you do not do that job. Then why do you still have said job? not trying to be insensitive if you have a valid explanation as to why if you can prove to me that you do deserve to have this position still I'm all ears OC Kellen Moore okay you put over 30 points up with an offense that should always put up 30 points but but the defense who's the defensive coordinator it doesn't matter it's coach Brandon Staley it should matter. Well, the defensive coordinator calls the defense. Okay, so Joe, if you have a head coach or a DC that's not doing their job, step in. Kellen Moore last year in Dallas wasn't doing the job with Dak Prescott. He got removed from the system, and now you have an older man who's also the head coach helping Dak call the plays. Dallas looked pretty good in their opener. Their defense looks pretty spectacular, being the only defense holding a goose egg last week one. I'm just saying, you're hired to do a job. Do that job. If you cannot do said job, you give me an answer why. That's it. Okay. Okay. Stay well, you're you brought, on. You, you brought Dallas up. Yeah. And anybody could put up, a, put up a zero against that giant offense. That giant offense was nothing short of baby shit. 
nothing short of baby shit. I saw a quote. Wait, I saw a quote. I saw a quote from Stephen A. Smith saying, (laughs) I know you know which quote I'm talking about here. Saquon in the bag of chips. Yeah, Saquon in the bag. Congratulations to uh, the Cowboys for shutting out Saquon Barkley and a bag of chips. Because that's what that giant offense was. I feel bad for Saquon Barkley. I do. I feel bad for Brian Dable. Now, I feel bad. No. I feel bad for Saquon, Saquon Barkley that he's stuck standing in the backfield behind a Daniel Jones who can't do shit. Whose only claim to fame is that he looks like Eli Manning. Maybe he <laughs> should go do hard knocks or go put on an, a, uh, a bunch of cosmetic pieces and go try out for Penn State again. So he has a second chance and second going of college football. But I feel bad. I mean, it's not about Daniel. It's not Daniel Jones. It's not Saquon Barkley. It's that entire offense. That entire offense was so discombobulated, confused, out of sorts, unorganized. I could go through the Mad Lib adjective section through that whole book right now and throw it all at the New York football giants because that offense was horrible. And then guess what? You can throw the New York football giants defense in the same books because they were porous. I mean, sieve-like. I mean, you throw water into the sink and you hope that God it goes through a strainer. Well, guess what? It did. Because Tony Pollard ran circles. CeeDee Lamb was untouched. Gallup was running, galloping everywhere. Brandon Cooks didn't have to play much at all because the offense was already up 16-0 after a quarter. Like... It was just, it was all said and done three minutes into the three minutes left in the first quarter. Poof, gone. You know, one of the most, you know what? I lost interest in not, you know, you have interest in, you have lack of interest in college football, Joe. I turned on the TV on Sunday and I lost interest in about 50% of the games by the first half. Either teams getting blown out or teams doing a really good job with a mediocre opponent. Dallas manhandled the Giants. Philadelphia, good game to watch. Barely. They did not look like the Philadelphia Eagles were expecting. Cincinnati. Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. They always they don't do well in Cleveland. I think they have an zero and five record in Cleveland. Yeah, but it didn't seem like the same explosiveness from Joe Burrow. I mean that 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 that, that... like he's not a hundred percent. You know he let's be honest. Like his calf is not well, and like I said to you off air, you'd rather take an eighty percent Joe Burrow than a number two, and you'd hope that some sort of chemistry between Higgins, Boyd, and Chase would maybe lead that offense a little bit. I don't think Joe Mixon was a deterrent or a caveat to not having being properly planned, but the Cincinnati Bengals also only putting up a three spot against Miles Garrett's defense in Cleveland. You expect a little more considering how well they destroyed Buffalo last year in the playoffs. And I don't want to compare last year teams to this year teams because they're brand new. We can't do that, Joe. No, I mean, Theo, how many additions were there on that team, though? Yeah. You can't say that. You you, you can't say. This is... No, you're not comparing. Well, you almost have to. How I'm asking you, how many additions to that Cincinnati team as opposed to last year? 
I mean, come on. It's basically the same team, especially on offense. On offense, yes. I will give you that. Yes. Well, but the thing is, that same offense couldn't do shit against the Browns. Yeah. That same offense. <sighs> and so let's so let's flip the page here real quick, Joe, to the other side of the ball. You and I talked about how Deshaun Watson wasn't one of the top 10 quarterbacks even discussed in the conference. And here is Deshaun Watson not having the greatest of games, but he didn't lose the game for Cleveland. He managed the game very well, almost like a Jimmy G lookalike in a different jersey. How Jimmy never loses games for you. He just makes sure that your team is in a good spot to win. And Deshaun Watson did that for the Cleveland Browns on Sunday against Cincinnati. Okay, so he's taken, I think he's taken a mature step forward. And I think he's realized, hey, I don't have to go out and win games. If I'm called to do that, yes, but I certainly am not in that position that I want to be the reason why we lose the game. And Deshaun Watson did a really good job managing that question in week one. And he also had Nick Chubb running all over the place, which helps. Which does help. Uh, you know what else? You know what else helps? <laughs> you know what else helps my mood on a Monday morning, Theo? What's that? The Packers whipping the Bears. You know, <laughs> the, the the world title belt around Rogers' waist has now gone to Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs. I mean, the fact that I had Romeo Dobbs sitting on my bench on fantasy was like, hmm, because I had Pickens and I had somebody else in there. Oh, uh, Debo for the Niners well, in my starting lineup. And I said, you know what? Dobbs is Dobbs is my three, right? And I and I also had somebody else. I had Gallup as my three for my dub RT. So I'm going to have to do some tweaking on my fantasy line. But the bottom line is Romeo Dobbs is going to prove to be a really good uh, receiver for Jordan Love. Number two, you saw a balanced attack by the, by the Green Bay Packers. Thirdly, yeah, you know what? You've given DJ Moore, you've got Chase Claypool, you've got a couple other weapons in Chicago, but it's still not enough. They're still going to finish in fourth. I said, I said to a Bears fan on Monday, Justin Fields is trash, okay? That, that, I'm, yeah, I'm putting that on him. He's trash, okay? I took him off my – hey, imagine uh, dropping – I, I dropped him. In my as my starter in fantasy, I dropped him. I didn't even put him on my bench because I don't. I don't know. You know who I picked up though. You ready for this one? Brock Purdy. He was still available. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. That's 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 a steady twenty twenty five pointer a week for you. Like and again. then Jimmy Garoppolo. I I didn't have Purdy starting this week. Jimmy Garoppolo had the most projected points, so I put him in. He was on my bench. Well, you know what? You, like you said, it's the quarterback now that'll guarantee. Like you don't need the quarterback that gets you thirty-seven a week. You got to get the quarterback that says, "I'm not going to lose the game. I'm not going to throw a ball away, and I'm going to get you that twenty to twenty-eight. That's what you need, and that's who you got. Yeah. Now. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Oh man! So let's just hope this week there aren't any more crippling bone or crippling injuries because that just ugh. just you know, watching that money. You know what? The first couple of weeks, we're still going to see it because it takes the body between four. Now, physiologically, because my doctor hat on, physiologically, 
the body responds within 14 to 21 days of type 1, type 2A fiber firings. So it's changing your speed in practice and changing it to game time speed. So you're still possibly going to see, you know, some serious things happening week two and week three. It is going to happen. I hope it doesn't, but it is. And that's just the way the body physiologically works. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, Theo. Um, we got some hockey. I got a hockey topic to get into, but let's do our picks first. Uh, you sure. have the Vikings and Eagles tomorrow night, 7-15. You know, I saw a lot of heads down in Minnesota on week one. You probably saw the same thing. And you know Philadelphia snuck away with one in week one, and you know they're going to come ready for week two. And I think Minnesota might end up going 0-2 here right now. I'm going to take the Eagles. This is a lot of people's picks to win the NFC North, too. So, I mean, again, it's only two weeks in. I get that. So, I'm going to go Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. Oh, I mean, talk about a – I mean, we talked weapons earlier tonight and we talked weapons last week. Lamar Jackson is still the ultimate weapon in Baltimore. He doesn't have – he hasn't used his wideouts as much. Maybe they haven't worked that offense part in yet. But I still feel that, again, Lamar and the Ravens are a better pick than Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's going to end up being 0-2 because I don't think Burrow's ready to keep going. I don't think he's going to get enough rest. I agree with you on that. That's why I'm going Ravens. Okay. Uh, Seahawks-Lions. Okay, before we get into that pick, you go that's down. one thing that that's that's one game that, or that's one uh, instance where I want to get into it. So go the days of the Legion of Boom, I mean, obviously, but that Seahawk defense against the Rams was absolutely non-existent. You thought the Bears defense was non-existent? You thought different defense? No, the Seahawk defense was absolute trash. Geno Smith didn't play bad either. No. Geno Smith did not play a bad game. He's one of those that kept you in the football game. Your defense just couldn't help him out. Yeah, you, you talk about injury. I mean, Ty Lockett was down with a bit of concussion protocol halfway through that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DK wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. Geno was 13 points to the good side. He just couldn't get things firing on all cylinders. And... You're taking on a team that gets an extra two and a half days rest because they played Thursday night in KC. They defeat the Chiefs, who are on the ultimate of highs right now. I mean, would you have said at the beginning of the season that Detroit could be 2-0 and and the Vikings could be 0-2? I don't know. No. I mean, I like Dan Campbell, too. I really, I really love him. So I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go Lions – because yeah, the Seahawks, I think, have a lot of issues on defense. A lot of issues. It's Wait, early enough. Where, it's Wait, early enough there. where they can clean it up. Yeah, it's early Wait, enough where they can. Bobby Wagner was the only good side on Seattle. Just so I want to yeah. say that real quick. It's early enough where they can clean it up, but they need to do it quick. Um, yeah. This game, I hope, is the least watch of the weekend. Because who would want to watch this game? I have no idea. Colts and Texans. 
that's uh, can we just leave that one alone? Yeah, I'm going Colts. Here, here's the here's the upside on that one. Owen three week one for all the rookie QBs: Stroud, Richardson, and uh, your boy in Carolina. One of these two quarterbacks is going to get their first win in week two. That's a guarantee. Put that on Look, the money line. Oh, uh-huh. but but the big question is: Will it be because of them, or how bad the other defense is? Uh, it's, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, this game is the shit show of the week. I know there's going to be a shit show of the week in every week. <laughs> this is the shit show of the week. So I'm going to go Colts just because I have to pick here. Um, the all right. Uh, the bears <laughs> and Buc- that show. <laughs> the bears and Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, Tampa won week one. Right, and, and Baker Mayfield didn't look bad. No, he's you know again he's got that mentality where he doesn't want to lose the game. He just wants to keep his team in the game, and that's why I think unless Fields runs for 150 and throws for 250, I still think the Bucks are going to outdo the Bears. I agree. Bucks by 10, I think. That's a big winner. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs and Jaguars. Wow. If there's ever a rebound game needed right now, it's for the Kansas City Chiefs. It and is. Big time. Hopefully, hopefully you have Kelsey back. That's, I mean, and that's a big deal. I mean, you talk about a guy like he is not just your service outlet. He's not your number. He's not only your number one, but he is a guy outside of Patrick Mahomes that has been there since day one when this all started for Patrick Mahomes and has stuck through the system day in and day out. Um, I don't know. He is questionable right now. But you do get uh, – is it Chris Jones that just resigned a one-year? Yeah, one-year. De- yep, Chris Jones signed to a one-year deal. So that does help the defense. Like I oh, said last week, Theo, before game one, that was going to be a big factor in in that week one game against uh, the Detroit Lions. Because that defense looks nowhere close to what it looks uh, to what it looks like when Chris Jones is in there. I agree with you. There was no pressure on Jared Goff, and the, the no, offense it looked like they were all all pro. Exactly. So that's that's why I'm gonna I gotta go Chiefs here because I know they're out for re- revenge. Yep. You got my Green Bay Packers against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, uh, as as much as I love what Bijan and Pitts is doing there, uh, I think you're in love more so with what Jordan Love and their offense is doing. And I think uh, I think they're going to show up to play in week two is more so. I also think Green Bay's defense is a little better than Atlanta's defense. And I think they're going to hold up uh, a little more. They're going to have to be creative in the backfield with Atlanta. They're going to have to use Pitts a little bit more. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I think Green Bay would come out with a victory here. I say Green Bay in this game, too. I mean, the Falcons, they might be a better team, but they're not anywhere close to what Green Bay. I think Green Bay has more weapons than uh, the Falcons, too. So you got the Raiders and Bills. So before we get into this, uh, you talk about a big bounce back game needed for the Chiefs, a major bounce back game is needed for the Bills because you go in, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt to first possession. They get, okay, we, we have a chance in this game. Uh, you know, Zach Wilson, we know his recent history. 
they went out and shit the bed. Okay. And Josh Allen's going to want to prove himself after that because Josh Allen, to me, seems a little bit overhyped. You need to come out in big games and win, and he hasn't done that yet. And that continued on Monday night against the Jets. So, can he do it against the Raiders? This is a home, though, so that does help. You know, it's... uh... Like I said earlier, Josh Allen was three of seven. Sorry, my bad. He was six of seven with passes over 15 yards, three of those being INTs. He was almost near perfect, everything short, 15 yards and shorter. But it's almost like he's so timid in the pocket that he's scared to throw the ball long. He's inaccurate long. And – Talk about a yeah, he's a big quarterback. He ran three or four times on Monday night and got just crushed. And I know he wants to be the physical, tough quarterback. You don't have to prove that anymore. You know what you're going to prove to me, Mr. Allen? Prove to me you can come back and win a game. Do that for me. Throw the long ball like a quarterback is supposed to. You know, you have never talk about all the the issues and the garbage between Diggs and and Allen, and they're upset at each other and they're moaning at each other and they're disagreeing with each other on the sidelines. I've never seen a wideout come to his quarterback to his aid more so than on Monday night. Yeah, he knew Josh Allen was having a rough day. Yeah, he threw three INTs to the same DB. But you know what? There was Diggs trying to support him and say, listen, let's keep going. Let's try to win this. Nope. So if Stephon Diggs can continue that support, well, Josh Allen doesn't need that support. He just needs to go out and win the game. So go and do that against the Raiders because the Raiders secondary is nowhere near what the Jets secondary is. But I'm pretty sure everybody's watching that tape on how to dispose of Josh Allen's offense by watching the New York Jets defense from week one. But I'm still going to take the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills as well, but I'm not very excited about that pick. It's not confident. I'm not. No, not at all. I'm not confident in that pick at all, but Gonna live with it and die live with it or die with it. So you have that you have your Los Angeles Chargers against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. This is gonna be a fun game. Uh this is a Brandon Staley comeback game, I hope. I mean, you, you have to come on, you gotta expose the freaking Tennessee Titans. Not saying they're a well, bad team, but like I said, I don't like Ryan Tannehill. It's not Ryan Tannehill you have to worry about now. Because it's Derrick Henry. That front four, will they be able to stop Derrick Henry? Will the front seven be able to stop Derrick Henry? And I don't think they're going to be able to do that again. But the only difference is you don't have a set of wideouts with Ryan Tannehill like you do Tua and the Miami Dolphins. I still think Justin Herbert can outthrow and outplay and outscore. Ryan Tannehill on the Titans, even though the game is in Tennessee. And I will take the Chargers to go one and one now. 
I'll go Chargers as well. They need a bounce back game, and I think they'll get it. Uh, you have the 49ers and Rams. Great rivalry. Great rivalry. I can't wait. Uh, well, hopefully, DirecTV and Fox get it together so I can actually watch this game. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think because both teams won last week, this has a little more riding on it because it's an interdivision game. It's going to put one team at 2 0. Which team that will be? I mean, uh, the LA Rams off like Matt Stafford looked like he was reborn, looked excited to be throwing the ball after his injury last year. Uh, he doesn't have his number one weapon yet in Cooper Cup, but you know what? He found two guys, two young stars, you know, that each caught 100 yards on week one. Now, will that happen again against San Francisco? I'm not too sure. But your boy that you picked up, Brock Purdy, weapons around him galore. Because if it's not Kittle, it's Debo. If it's not Debo, it's Christian. If it's not Christian, it's Ayuk. So, I mean, there's four right off the top of my head. And, I mean, you don't have Cooper Cup, like I said. Uh, Cam Akers is all right. He's no Christian McCaffrey. Van Jefferson is non-existent. I think he's going to be shuffling Gatorade, to be honest with you. And they, you spent the big penny on him and on Robinson. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to take the Niners. I'm going to go Rams just to be different because it's sure. in L.A. Uh, you have the Giants and Cardinals. I said shit show of the week was already taken. I I, I, I stand corrected on that. This is the Tim this Hortons is another Cup candidate. Of the yep, the Tim Hortons Cup of the Week. Oh, man. For anyone this in the States, we talked off air about this. this is, We're not going to get into it. Uh, you know, it's just this is another game I'm just not going to put on my radar. Sorry. Yeah, no offense. Yeah, I'm, just, going, I'm, I'm going Cardinals because I can't stand the Giants. Sure, I'll take the Giants. I can't stand the Giants, and yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Cardinals. So, uh, yeah, I get Jets and Cowboys. Well, this game looks a whole lot different after week one, doesn't it? No, yeah, it does, man. I thought both teams were gonna come in. Well, I thought one team was gonna come in one to know, but I didn't think the Jets would be that team. Well, I mean, we looked at it, I didn't think the Jets were gonna be that team. If Aaron Rodgers was not injured and we looked at this game with Rodgers versus Prescott, okay, that's a week two settle. That'd be the game of the week by far, hands down. But now you look at what Dak has to throw against in the New York Jets secondary. Tony Pollard could have a whale of a game if he can go outside or go inside and really get changed up a lot with what Mike McCarthy is going to throw at the New York Jets uh, Zach Wilson has to play a game that, yeah, he doesn't lose. But, I mean, ball hawks in the secondary and Micah Parson wreaking havoc in the front, that's going to be a long day for the New York Jets offense. And, uh, you know, it's I, the New York Jets offense – or the New York uh, – not the New York Jets offense, sorry. The Dallas Cowboys defense is a lot stronger than the Buffalo Bills defense. So it's going to be a lot harder for them to really put on points there. I'm going to take. It is. That's a hard. That's a hard one. You know, I'm going to take the Cowboys because I think their offense can score more than the Jets with Zach Wilson. 
I'm going to go Cowboys as well. It's in Jerry World, so that helps too. Uh, Commanders and Broncos. You know, Russell Wilson's really got to figure life out fast. He and Sean Payton really got to get on the books on the same page, same chapter now. Uh, a little bit of a debauchery against Las Vegas, but you need to write that ship if you want this relationship to work in Denver. So I'm hoping the Broncos can do that, and I'll take the Broncos. I'm going to take commanders because I don't trust that relationship at all. Uh, Dolphins Patriots on Sunday night. I think it's Dolphins. I mean, Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Dolphins. I mean, Mac Jones had a great game in Philadelphia, really showed a lot of poise, but I don't see the secondary in New New England stopping Waddle or Tyreek Hill. I don't either. So I got the uh, I got the Dolphins. Two Monday night games this week. You have uh, Saints and Panthers. The Saints should roll over the Panthers. Let's just be honest here. Um, that that seems like a mismatch. Yeah, Bryce Young's not getting his first win yet. I mean, we talked about the other no. two playing against each other. At least one of them gets a win. But Derek Carr controls that offense. Olave's going to have a big game, I think. He's going to catch some balls. And uh, I think the Saints go 2-0. Last game of the weekend, you have the Browns and Steelers. This one's going to be a tough one. I mean, TJ Watt didn't play week one. I don't know if he's playing week two yet for Pittsburgh, but Kenny and Pickens and that offense has to find it fast. Uh, I, I see the Browns defense being relentless, and I see Deshaun playing that similar style of game uh, don't lose the game, but you don't have to go and win the game, but make sure you manage the game. You know, this is going to be a close one as well. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take Cleveland. I'll go 2-0. and I'm going to go – I'm going to go Cleveland as well. I think, I think the Steelers are good. I don't think they're great. Yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers are improved but not good yet. Yeah, you, you need, yeah. You need. I, I, uh, Dad, I, uh, I picked the Browns over the Steelers. Yeah. So, uh, Theo, before we get out of here today, um, one injury note: Tory Krug is out for the St. Louis Blues. Going to be reevaluated on his toe in uh oct- on October first. Um, I say blessing in disguise. What say you? Not familiar with the injury. Don't know why they're waiting so long to reevaluate. Um, from what I understand, it's you know something that doesn't allow him to put his foot in a skate, which is the issue. So, blessing in disguise. Who's going to step up? Blessing in disguise. Tyler, either does- Tyler Tucker, Tyler Tucker, or Scott Brunovich. Those are the two okay. candidates to step up. Okay. Well, we'll wait on October. We'll see what happens. Let's see what they do in those first three I'm or four see- preseason games. Yeah, I'm shocked, Theo, that it's taken that long to reevaluate them too. October first. We're, not, we're in the mean, middle of September, and you're waiting till October first. Well, it's interesting because, like, the 
it's it's different in a skate where you don't have to, you have to push off with that toe and it's not like a turf it's not like when you're in a shoe like a molded skate has a little less flexibility in it it's a full power full stride full footed action but you still need to have the flexion and the extension of your digits and if it's not comfortable in a skate you're just going to aggravate and irritate it some more and yeah it's not september 1 we're looking at september 14th september 13th right now it's only a couple of weeks away i'm sure he's going to keep himself in as best a shape as he can until he does get it reevaluated. So we'll see. Yeah, we shall see on that. Well, Theo, you have anything before we get out of here today? I do, actually. Last night or yesterday afternoon, the Winnipeg Jets officially took uh, their team off the non-captain list and named a captain last night in one Adam Lowry. So Adam Lowry becomes the fourth captain, I believe, of the Winnipeg Jets 2.0. He is the hardworking soul, the third-line center, as well as the gentleman who found a bit of an offense last year. He's now out of his dad's shadow of coaching the Winnipeg Jets, and him and Rick Bonus have built a pretty good rapport last year. Look for Josh Morrissey, perhaps Kyle Connor, and one other individual to be named part of that alternating captain role in Winnipeg, but uh, Lowry is now the Winnipeg Jets captain for the 23-24 season. And since you said that to you, I'm going to name an unofficial captain for the St. Louis Blues, and I think you know who I'm talking about. Uh, an unofficial one. They haven't named this yet. This is just me doing this. Does the last name start with the letter S? Yes. Okay. Braden Shen is the heart and soul of this St. Louis Blues team right now. He should be the captain. And the fact that the St. Louis Blues that are now in training camp have not named a captain is shocking to me when you have one in-house who's here for a few more years. Yeah. That's just shocking to me, but who knows? We'll see what happens. So, yeah, yeah, we shall see what happens because he should be your captain of the St. Louis Blues. So, um, Theo, thank you, man. It, it it looks beautiful out there in Manitoba. It's gorgeous. It's uh, this is the this is uh, this is the this is the season that I enjoy. The summer to the fall, the cooling off. Get your last rounds of golf in. Get the kiddos back to school. Get some routine back into order. And uh, look forward to a nice fall and comfortable uh, comfortable next uh, month or so before the snow starts flying around the middle of October, late October. Man, I can't. I love this weather too, man. So at that, on that brilliant note, uh, this, this uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. I can't talk today for some reason. Um, until next time. Have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. We will talk to you next week.